Good afternoon, everyone. On the update this Friday, we're remembering the icon, Tony Bennett, the eminent stylist and last of the great saloon singers. His devotion to classic American songs and knack for creating new standards such as I Left My Heart in San Francisco graced a decades-long career. He's died at the age of 96, full of the latest details. These contests have names such as Predator Slam, Squirrel Scramble, and Final Fling for Fox. But the state of New York could ban contests that involve killing some wildlife species for cash prizes. The White Sox played the spoils out in Queens. Yasmani Grandal started a four-run sixth inning with a two-run double that followed Pete Alonso's error and the White Sox beat the Mets in Jose Quintana's debut. And the idea of putting up solar panels on top of the world's thousands of miles of irrigation canals has long seemed like a good one, but the technology has been slow to take off. This is the update, Friday, July the 21st, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update of Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Friday. Uh, TGIF to all of you out there. Uh, we had some stormy activity earlier, but uh, depending on where you are out now, when we actually have a weekend on tap, I do have to admit. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be the greatest weekend out there, but, you know, it'll be decent for mid-July standards. Could you believe that we're in the middle of July already, And which for me means that camp is just about, <laughs> it's just about halfway done? Like, yeah, I know, it's, uh, <laughs> it surprises me, really is surprising me, too. Uh, that means camp will be here soon, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun going to camp this year. The first full week of camp since um, since we've done co since COVID. So you know you gotta buckle up and prepare yourself for that. I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. Um, we are going to begin this uh, this Friday with uh, some late-breaking tale. Excuse me, late-breaking details, actually, on a development story. Uh, we've learned in the last couple of hours that Tony Bennett, 
uh, the eminent stylist, of course, and last of the great saloon singers whose devotion to classic American songs, and knack for creating new standards such as I Left My Heart in San Francisco, graced a decades-long career. He's died, it was said that he died earlier today. Bennett often said that his lifelong ambition was to create, quote, a hit catalog rather than hit records, which he accomplished through more than 70 albums. Bennett was praised often by fellow performers, but never more meaningfully than by what Frank Sinatra said in a 1965 Life magazine interview. Quote, for my money, Tony Bennett is the best singer in the business. And of course, the best singer in said business will be deeply missed. On to some of the other news of this Friday. We're going to go up to the state capitol in Albany, where there are contests that have names such as the Predator's Slam, the Squirrel Scramble, and the Final Fling for Fox. And they sometimes challenge hunters to bag the heaviest coyote or the heftiest bunch of squirrels to win a cash prize. But the state of New York, they could ban contests now that involve killing some wildlife species for cash prizes. Participants see them as valuable community fundraisers. Opponents, though, call the contest senseless slaughters. The Humane Society of the United States law killing contests for some wildlife. Here in New York, a proposed ban passed the Democratic-controlled legislature. Some Republicans, though, have argued that the legislation represents an attack on urban interests, by urban interests, on a rural practice. Uh, Governor Hochul herself is currently reviewing the legislation. A former Venezuelan spy chief and a longtime advisor to the country's late leader, Hugo Chavez, has now pleaded not guilty to decade-old drug trafficking charges a day after his extradition from Spain. Retired Major General Hugo Carvajal agreed during an appearance in Manhattan Federal Court yesterday to remain behind bars for now. Prosecutors say that he should stay there. His lawyer, Zachary Margulis, says that a bail proposal will be presented soon to a judge who will preside over this case. Margulis says that his client is innocent. Carvajal was brought to the United States Wednesday to face narco-terrorism conspiracy, firearms, and drug trafficking charges. Meanwhile, up north in Mount Vernon, federal prosecutors there have unsealed an indictment against a police officer, accusing him of using a stun gun multiple times against a man in mental crisis who was already restrained and on the ground. U.S. Attorney Damian Williams of the Southern District said that Mount Vernon Sergeant Mario Stewart violated the man's constitutional rights by using excessive force. Stewart says his client didn't violate anyone's rights or commit a crime and was doing his duty. He has pleaded not guilty. Mount Vernon, of course, is about 15 miles north of Midtown Manhattan. 
In other news, Broadway and the touring theater community, they seem to have avoided a labor disruption like the one that has so far silenced the film and TV industry. The Broadway League and Disney Theatrical Productions, which represents the producers, and the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees announced yesterday that they had reached a tentative agreement that had threatened a strike as early as today. About 1,500 workers, stagehands, hair and makeup artists, and wardrobe personnel, are directly covered by the tentative agreement, currently working on 28 productions on Broadway and 17 still on tour. The agreement itself, though, still needs to be ratified. And finally, the city of New York, they've now agreed to pay more than $13 million to settle a civil rights lawsuit brought on behalf of roughly 1,300 people who were arrested or beaten by police during racial injustice demonstrations that swept through the city, of course, during the summer of 2020. The agreement is believed to be among the largest ever payouts for a mass arrest lawsuit. It focuses on protesters who were arrested or subject to force by police in 18 separate locations in this city in the week following George Floyd's murder. Attorneys of the, for the plaintiffs accused the NYPD of depriving protesters of their First Amendment rights through a, quote, coordinated campaign permanent brutality and unlawful arrests. Under the settlement agreement, the NYPD, they are not uh, required to admit any actual wrongdoing. Time for us to step aside momentarily when we return on the update this Friday. We have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Going to talk some sports and how the Mets were trying to go for a sweep of the White Sox, but the Sox, they, uh, they played the role, of course, of the spoiler. There's a brand expert that's revealing the real reason why tech companies have blue logos. Bet you didn't even think of that until you noticed it now, didn't you? And then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. The NFL says that the Washington Commander's owner, Dan Snyder, sexually harassed a team employee and oversaw team executives who deliberately withheld millions of dollars in revenue from other clubs. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian returns in just a moment. From New York, mention this intro and the next one's free. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. I get it, slip it, cuff it, check it twice a day. I get it, slip it, cuff it, check it in the morning and before dinner. I get it, slip it, cuff it, check it, and share it with my doctor. Nearly one in two U.S. adults have high blood pressure. That's why it's important to self-monitor your blood pressure in four easy-to-remember steps. It starts with a monitor. Now that I know my blood pressure numbers, I talked with my doctor. 
We're getting those numbers down. Get it slippy, coffee, check. Talk to Dr. Now and share Be next to talk to your doctor about your blood pressure numbers. Get down with your blood pressure. Self-monitoring is power. Learn more at manageyourbp.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Heart Association, and the American Medical Association. In partnership with the Office of Minority Health and Health Resources and Services Administration. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together. Beginning June 26th at approximately 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Friday, May 12th at 11.45 p.m., continuing weekdays through the fall of 2023, the Manhattan-bound 7-train platforms at 111th Street and 82nd Street Jackson Heights are closed for station upgrades. For service to and from these stations, take a flushing-bound 7 train and transfer, or use the nearby Q32 or Q48 buses. Beginning at 10 p.m. on Sunday, February 26th until August, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Eldritch Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of station rehabilitation work. During rush hours beginning February 27th, skip stop service is not running between Jamaica Center, Parsons Archer, and Crescent Street. Trains will make all local stops instead. For alternate service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. 
If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosks outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So dare I say, with the Mets actually building momentum, uh, they were trying to go for the three-game sweep of the White Sox out at City Field before they traveled to Fenway uh, this weekend to take on the Red Sox. Yasmani Grandal, he started a four-run sixth inning with a two-run double to follow Pete Alonzo's error. And the White Sox beat the Mets 6-2 in Jose Quintana's debut for New York. Grandal doubled to the warning track in right after the White Sox loaded the bases against Drew Smith. The inning started when Alonzo backed up on a grounder by Luis Robert Jr. that bounced off his glove. Uh, Quintana, a 34-year-old left-hander who started and pitched for the White Sox for six, for five years, 2012 to 2017, allowed two runs and six hits in five innings. He didn't walk a batter, and he struck out three. Um, meanwhile, the Mets made a roster move, placing Starling Marte on the injured list yesterday because of migraines. The move was announced shortly after um, the Mets began the game with the Sox and is retroactive to Monday coming. Marte was not in the lineup for the fourth time in five games, though manager Buck Showalter said that the veteran is feeling better. Um, Wednesday afternoon, Marte saw a specialist and underwent a scan. Roster moves, I should say. The Yankees made one of their own. Josh Donaldson is going on, was transferred to the 60-day injured list, a decision that means he can't play until mid-September, at the very earliest. Donaldson hurt his right calf while running the first base uh, last Saturday at Colorado, and the 37-year-old was, pent, was put on the 10-day IL the next day. Uh, New York said he was diagnosed with a grade 3 spray. A three-time All-Star, Donaldson, of course, was on the IL for nearly two for nearly uh, two months because of a strained right hand strain. Uh, the Yanks selected the contract of 32-year-old right-hander Matt Bowman and optioned him to AAA Scranton Wilkes-Barre. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Friday, 
There's a brand expert that's revealing the real reason why tech companies have blue logos. Well, uh, have you ever wondered why certain colors are synonymous with specific brand logos and why we instantly recognize the blue bird? That's something for you to, uh, of course, to, to think about. <laughs> and then we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Washington, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley has now released an unclassified document that Republicans claim is significant in their investigation of the president's son, Hunter Biden. So this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, uh, when the update with Brandon Julian returns after, of course, these messages. From New York, where we've got a backup generator. This is the update with Brandon and Julia, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind, like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of prediabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Brandon Julian. Bajan common sense. Bajan common sense. Does anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed it is, folks. Uh, welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Friday, everyone. TGIF to all of you out there. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, uh, people are getting ready for the big weekend. Um, people going out of a Jersey Shore, they're going to do all the things that they have to do to relax in these given circumstances. Um, it's not going to be that bad of a weekend, dare I say. It feels like I haven't said that in a while, and that's because I actually haven't. <laughs> the real humidity and the real feels are not going to return until midweek next week where we'll have real feels again in the 90s. Uh, next Friday's real feel, I just took a peek at it, is supposed to be, at least according to the people at AccuWeather, 109, the real feel, next Friday. So, you know, hopefully everybody brought plenty of, of sunscreen. <laughs> you know, folks, in this world where everything is recognizable by color, in a way, there's people. There's certain questions people wonder. Like, uh, have you ever wondered why certain colors are 
synonymous with specific brand logos and why we instantly recognize the Bluebird? Well, if you haven't, maybe you've noticed that some of the most recognizable logos in the world are blue. Think of Facebook, LinkedIn, Skype, Telegram, just to name a few. Some of you might be nodding slowly as you start to realize just how many damn locos there are in fact blue. Well, it turns out it all has to do uh, with psychology. New research by the print company Solo Press has revealed that the best performing uh, colors, the best performing colors for business logos within the food, drink, fashion, finance, and tech industries, as well as the psychological psychology, there we go, <laughs> psychology behind how color can impact their purchasing decisions. Well, first, interesting tidbit to come out of this is that, um, out of the study, is that the fact that black and blue logos dominate the tech industry, accounting for 53% of the total best performing brand logos in the entire world. Blue in particular, of course, is often used for social media apps and is used by 30% of the best-performing uh, tech companies. But why is that, you ask? Surely they would want to different, differentiate themselves. Well, neuromarketing Andy Hart explained, Interesting, interestingly, the color blue is now often associated with communication, too, which may divide from these feelings of security and safety. She then goes on to say that tiny changes to the exact shade of blue can make all the difference as well. Uh, quote, in fact, Google changed the specific shade of blue they use for their links when the search comes up to a more reddish blue. Did you notice that it changed? No? Well, they attribute that change alone as contributing an additional $200 million of ad revenue per year. Per year! And most people didn't even consciously notice that it had changed. Ironically, the color blue also calms us down, reduces our impulsive tendencies, and lowers our heart rate. All things that the person of this article wrote don't associate with social media apps, but hey, everybody is different. Uh, on the flip side, red and pink are the favorite colors of the drink industry and 29% of the drink industry. Uh, Hart comments, quote, Longer wavelength colors, like red, are known uh, to have a stimulating effect on recipients. They arouse us, drive us into action. At some levels, red colors increase our appetite, heart rate, and even blood pressure, making us act faster, be more impulsive, and potentially eat more. Can you see now why this is such a popular color to use in the food and drink industries, particularly, of course, at fast food chains? And uh, as you can see, by the way, all this behind-the-scenes neuromarketing and color psychology really does have a significant way on the way that we behave, communicate, think, feel, and consume. Ultimately, it affects our purchasing habits as well. And perhaps maybe even the scariest part of this whole thing is, is that color affects us subconsciously, according to heart, meaning that we're not truly aware of the power it has over us. We have no control over it whatsoever. Just a little bit, of course, of food for thought. So while you have some food for thought, <laughs> how about chow down on the fact that 
Shout out on the fact that national news, it's next for us around here, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian continues. From New York, please use only as directed and ask your doctor if it's right for you. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. It was a normal day. He was in some minor accident, a fender bender. And I had this impulse to call him, but I didn't. Because I thought I could call him later that week. He abandoned the car, he came home, and he shot himself without ever talking to anyone. When I came home that night and I found her, they told me that she had shot herself, and I couldn't believe it. I asked if he was okay. Taking a gun into your house uh, for protection is um, a terrible myth. Once you pull that trigger, that's it. There is no coming back. 65 Americans a day die by gun suicide. Store your gun securely, locked, unloaded, and away from ammunition. Help stop suicide. Learn more at infamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. From New York, the real mall of America. This is the update with Brad and Juliet. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to The Update with Brandon Julian on a Friday, everyone. A getaway Friday, of course, for some of us. Most definitely a Friday for others. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. In the NFL, they say the Washington Commanders owner, Dan Snyder, sexually harassed a team employee and oversaw team executives who deliberately withheld millions of dollars in revenue from other clubs. The league says that Snyder has agreed to pay a $60 million fine. The NFL, they released a 23-page report detailing an investigation into Snyder's conduct just minutes before the league owners unanimously approved the uh, sale of the commanders to Josh Hattis. The independent investigation was conducted by former SEC chair Mary Jo White and her law firm, her law, her law firm, I should say, Debevees and Plimpton. Investigators concluded that Snyder sexually harassed former team employee Tiffany Johnston. In other news, we're going to go to Washington, where Republican Senator Chuck Grassley has now released an unclassified document the Republicans claim is significant in their investigation of the president's son, Hunter Biden. Republicans say the information is significant as they probe the financial affair, the financial affairs, I should say, of the president's family, revisiting previously debunked claims of financial wrongdoing. 
House Oversight Chairman James Comer had issued a subpoena to the FBI for said document. It was made public for the first time yesterday. It involves claims a confidential informant made in 2020 about Hunter Biden's alleged business when he served on the board of Ukrainian energy company Burisma. The White House had rejected the information as having been, quote, debunked for years. The Supreme Court, they would have to abide by stronger ethics standards under new legislation that's been approved by the Senate Judiciary Committee. It comes in response, of course, to recent revelations about donor-funded trips by justices. The bill faced united opposition from Republicans and has very very little chance of making it through the full Senate. The legislation, it would set ethics rules for the court and a process to enforce them including new standards for transparency around recusals, gifts, and potential conflicts of interest. Democrats pushed the legislation after reports earlier this year that Justice Clarence Thomas participated in luxury vacations and a real estate deal with a top GOP donor. And out in the American West in Las Vegas... An area home there searched by police in investigating the killing of the rapper Tupac Shakur is tied to Dwayne Keffy D. Davis. He's an author and the uncle of a long-dead suspect. He says he's one of the only surviving witnesses to this shooting. No arrest in this case has ever been made. Uh, Davis says that, excuse me, Davis has said, He and his nephew were in a car from which the fatal shots were fired. The nephew died in 1998. Davis wrote in a 2019 memoir that he told authorities what he knew many years ago, in exchange for ending a federal conspiracy case against him and his gang. A source tells the AP that the Shakur case is being presented to a grand jury. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, chicken. Oh, okay. Uh, and a wolf? Oh, a wolf. Uh, uh, what about the tiny dog? Cat. Aww. Owl. Ooh. 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 Dolphin. <coughs> what does the turkey say? <coughs> whale. <coughs> whale sound. To the giraffe. Giraffe, really? Uh, okay. Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. 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 You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on a Friday, everyone. Getaway Friday for some of us, most definitely, of course, a Friday for others. Uh, Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Uh, we're talking together right now, of course, the uh, the latest national news. 
And we're going to talk about the weather now, which we only address on this show, as we continue to say, when the weather is bad. And it definitely is, not just in the United States, but all around the world, too. Climate-stoked extreme weather events are tumbling one upon another around the world. In India, in the western Maharashtra state, a landslide, a landslide triggered by the torrential rains killed at least 10, many others feared trapped under debris. In Greece, a huge fire was contained west of Athens, but authorities braced yesterday for a new round of extreme weather this coming weekend. Searing heat across the Mediterranean south of Europe has maintained the high risk of fires in Spain, Italy, and Greece. And in the Balkans, a storm that followed an intense heat wave left a firefighter and five others dead. As global warming, of course, pushes the temperatures up, the elevation range where malaria-carrying mosquitoes thrive is also continuing to rise. Researchers, uh, they have found evidence of the phenomenon from the south excuse me, from the tropical highlands of South America to the mountainous populous regions of Eastern Africa. Scientists now worry that people living in areas once inhospitable to the insects, including the slopes of Mount Kilimanjaro and the mountains of Eastern Ethiopia, could be newly exposed to the disease. In other news, we're going to go back out to the American West in Denver, where the idea, of course, of putting solar panels on top of the world's thousands of miles of irrigation canals has long seemed like a good one. Uh, in arid locations, besides the clean electricity, there is the added benefit of reducing evaporation. But the technology has been slow, of course, to take off. Pilot projects in India were never brought in. A study measuring the potential of covering canals in California has given the idea new legs, however. Now a startup company is trying to learn from India's challenges and will install panels on canals in the Central Valley of California. And environmental groups they are pressing, environmental groups they are pressing for even greater adoption. And finally, folks, we're going to go down to Key West over in Florida. There have been almost 140 bearded men uh, who resemble Ernest Hemingway. They've converged on Key West to compete in, of course, the Hemingway Lookalike Contest. The challenge began last night. It's a highlight of the island's Hemingway Days Festival. Hemingway, for whom the bell tolls, not while living in Key West during the 30s. The three-night lookalike competition is held at Sloppy Joe's Bar. Hemingway often spends time there with local and literary friends. The contest's second preliminary round is set for today, the 124th anniversary of Hemingway's birth. The winner is set to be chosen tomorrow night. So, of course, good luck to the winner of the Hemingway Lookalike contest. I'm going to let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Friday, July the 21st, 2023. That is the update on this Friday. And for this week, I'm Brandon Joy. We appreciate you being here with us. 
uh, our year, our archives, I should say, they will take you through this uh, weekend. Uh, so, of course, in the words of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And most importantly, folks, please be well. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. Hopefully you have a good weekend. And honey, let's uh, let's order in tonight. I uh, I took the charge card with me before I left, so uh, write this down, dear, okay? 007. Oh, I'm sorry. This is my James Bond membership card. You know, I'll order in a pizza. Shaken, not stuck. <laughs> uh, have a good weekend, everyone, and I'll see you right back here refreshed and ready to go for a start of a brand new week starting on Monday. See you then.